Well, good morning, Life Church. Hey, again, thank you so much for coming to worship with us. We're going to jump right into the Word this morning. Uh, Proverbs chapter 22, familiar passage. This is our final week of our Don't Move That series. In Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 28, do not, say do not. Do not move the ancient landmark that your fathers have set. And Jesus speaks to us. In Matthew chapter 5, he says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, the first several weeks of the year, every year, are always a time and a space filled with much moving on. A lot of turning over, new things in general, new things in particular. The gyms are full. Everybody's wearing new clothes. Workout equipment is at a high price. And we wanted to use this environment to talk about some other kinds of things that should stay. Things that should remain. Things that should get old and worn in your life. And so we've been talking about what are those pieces that we should not move, that we are not to move out of our lives, but we are to double down and emphasize over and over again. And so I want to speak to that and close that out this morning, but let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your spirit this morning. We thank you for the presence of God in worship. We thank you that the Bible declares where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. So by simple arithmetic this morning, we know that you are here with us. So we ask, Father, I ask that we would all have ears to hear your voice. It's not a question of whether or not you're speaking it becomes a reality when we hear you, when we are listening. And so we, we, we make ourselves available today. Mold us, shape us, make us more into your image. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Old things. Old things. It's the old things. It's the old things, at least in our conversation over the last several weeks. It's the old things we've been talking to. The old things that are invested over and over and over and over again. It's not just the new iPhone or the the new car or the new thing that drives itself or the now the new iPhone and the next new iPhone and the next new iPhone, the next new iPhone. It's the old things. It's the over and over and over again used that actually intend to make us a new thing. We have, as I said before, not been working through an exhaustive list and maybe we haven't even mentioned some things that you would say are critical to your own life. And I love that. I love the fact that there are some pieces that you invest in your life. There are some practices, some dynamics that you do on a regular basis that help make you you and also help make you who God has intended you to be. And I would encourage you to refresh those things. Wear those things out in your own life. Because to be clear, we think those things, we think anything does nothing apart from God's presence, God's placement, and God's purpose in them. And so over the course of these last several weeks, we've talked about the scriptures. 
that we should not move from our lives. We've talked about Jesus himself. We need to come back to time and time and time again. We've talked about prayer. We've talked about worship. We've talked about friendship. We've talked about generosity. We've talked about confession. And this morning, we've saved the best for last. Are you ready? Are you excited? All six of you, praise God. This morning, I want to talk about struggle. I want to talk about struggle. Struggle is something critical, I believe, to the life we are intended to live in following Jesus. And I want to talk a little bit about the difference between suffering and struggling. I am confronted with a litmus explanation of suffering regularly. People call me, people text me, people come to my office, people talk to me in the most random places, and they use suffering as a litmus test, or rather a litmus explanation of how they may or may not be in the right place. And Christians, people who follow Jesus in particular, I believe have gone a little bit sideways on this suffering thing. Things like, because I'm suffering, God must be doing something in me. Because I'm suffering, God must be doing something through me. Because I'm suffering, and this suffering is doing a refining work, and the suffering is actually doing something excellent and good in me. This suffering, I've had people tell me this before, this suffering is righteous. It's like, it's like Paul's thorn that he talks about in 2 Corinthians 12. It's like, it's like Jesus' cup in the Garden of Gethsemane. And I'm going to say something now that I never said then, because now it can just be aimed at all of us. First, You are not bearing the weight and burden of sin for all humanity. Can we all say amen? Amen. Second, you are not initiating the launch of God's predominant vehicle for his message and his community in the church. None of us is Jesus, and none of us is the Apostle Paul. What you are doing is trying to live your life. You're trying to live your life, which deserves, if I could be honest, deserves notice, deserves gratitude. And most days, you living your life, I believe, deserves a standing ovation. I believe every single one of us should walk out of our house to a standing ovation. Come on, somebody. And if you show up at my house tomorrow and I walk out in my skibbies and you give me a standing ovation, I will gladly appreciate the moment. Because Jesus says, in the world you will have tribulation. Life is not easy. I met with a young man yesterday and he was talking about, man, I was like, hey, how you doing? We're just starting our conversation. He's like, man, I'm just tired. He's like, I don't know why. I'm like, because you're an adult. (laughs) That's why. So many times, I mean, nine times out of nine, my wife and I go to bed and she's like, why are we so tired? I'm like, baby, I'll give you three reasons right here and right now why I'm exhausted every day of the week. Can somebody say Asa, Jude, and Zoe? (laughs) Trying to live your life? Listen to me. And this, I believe, will be greatly ministering to everybody in this room. Living your life takes a lot. It's complex. It can be difficult at times. As you avail yourself to being redeemed, working to accept all of Christ's invitations to be who you are. Being salt, lighting the world up around you. It's not a fairy tale, is it, church? It's not rife with butterflies that flit about on our shoulders. 
There aren't rainbows that surround us on a regular basis, right? And so we understand that and we know that. But how we came to connect the yes of God, who is love, the purposes of Jesus, who's always forgiving, who's always merciful. I mean, read the book. He's forever dealing in grace. And he's always showing the way. And God's Holy Spirit, who only gives truth and who gives us the very ability to hope. How have we come to connect that hard and fast identity of Emmanuel, God with us, to suffering is completely beyond me. Somewhere we went sideways with this suffering thing. At times, we seem almost to deify and actually orient ourselves around suffering. And yes, I am emotional. Yes, once upon a time, I fancied myself a musician, if you call a fife an instrument. Don't laugh. You can't play it. But if we're all really honest with ourselves, when we suffer, we feel better. That earning thing clicks into gear. The achieving and we can make a lot of theological arguments, and people do, and I'm going to talk about that in, in a moment today. But suffering is not what God has for you. Suffering is absolutely not what Jesus Christ died on a cross for you to step into. Suffering and struggle are not the same thing. And the biblical reference for suffering, which often people point to, would be much more in line with our concept of struggling. Suffering places pain and discomfort in an uncomfortably centralized position of our lives. While struggle is a byproduct of our progress in following Jesus. And I want to tell you this morning that the struggle is real. The struggle, that there is a struggle in following Jesus. The pathway, this trajectory that Jesus offers us is pressing and it is not always pleasant. People in the room that are hearing the gospel of Jesus, maybe the first time that you've come to this church, you're like, this was a nice church on the hill. He started preaching. This is weird. I don't feel great. This Jesus seems a little off-putting. But the pathway that Christ invites us into presses on us. And again, it is not pleasant all of the time. But it is forever productive. And I don't mean productive out there. I mean, and it can be. Yes, the wake of grace from your life will be fruitful in the world around you, in your relationships, in your finances, in your place of employment. Absolutely. But I'm talking about that it is forever productive in your soul. It is forever productive in making you into who God has intended you to be. It is productive for you. And also, this trajectory Jesus offers us is forever in his presence, which the scriptures declare God's presence has the fullness of joy. I mean, there's a reason, church, why there are crowds and multitudes constantly following Jesus. 
Multitudes and crowds, time and time again, come back to Jesus, come back to his teachings, come back to his opportunities for change, come back to his opportunities for transformation and healing and new. But it doesn't negate the fact that there's some pain and there's some struggle. And again, we're closing out our series and don't move that. And I want us all to understand that Christoph is talking about how struggle needs to be in your life. Struggle needs to be a part of your daily routine. An acknowledgement of struggle should be in your wheelhouse of thought. Are you happy today? We see it early on, even in the creation narrative, Genesis 1, 2, and 3. The fall has occurred, and Adam and Eve are having this conversation with God. And after their sin... God immediately implements what seems like punishment, but is less a punishment because that's not what God was offering. The punishment was fulfilled in Christ. So it can't be punishment he's offering. He's actually being honest with what the consequences of sin are. So when we live in a place of sin, which newsflash, that's where we all are. We are not in heaven yet. Can I get an amen from the church, from the honest people today? So we have to live with this honest expectation. Okay, if I'm not in heaven and I'm not, I'm not, I'm pretty sure this isn't hell, but I'm not in heaven, then God offers us a true reality, and he speaks to the woman. He says, in childbirth there will be pain, and man, in you, there will be pain when you work the ground, when you till the fruit of your labors. And so what he's doing is offering the reality of some pain and some struggle, because the consequences of following after God is that there's going to be a little bit of struggle. We see it even in John chapter 8, one of my favorite passages of scriptures. Jesus comes upon this woman who's caught in the midst of adultery. And there's grace given to those who are there who want to punish her. And they go away. And there's grace given to her and mercy given to her. And she's walking away. And he makes this incredible statement. He says, great. Now, go and sin no more. That is such an open-ended statement. Like we read over that, oh, that's so great, go and sin no more. But can you just imagine for a moment that woman's life? That she was on the verge of punishment by death. And she was saved. There was a divine interruption by this random guy that she thought was a carpenter but turned out to be a rabbi that for some reason everybody listens to. Are you with me today? A little bit confusing. (laughs) And then she realizes, I'm okay. I can walk away. He's like, yeah, just go and sin no more. The struggle is real, church. Because as we enter into relationship with Jesus, the same declaration that is spoken to that woman who's received a great measure of mercy, a great measure of forgiveness, and is being offered an opportunity to enter into the grace. He says, go and sin no more. And that declaration hangs over our lives as well. Not as a command or a challenge, but as an opportunity to step into the struggle. Turn with me to Romans 8. Paul writes, for I consider, verse 18, for I consider that the suffering, see Christoph, there it is, it's suffering. Suffering is something good for us. Well, let's just, let's just read the Bible, shall we? For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing 
with the glory that is to be revealed to us. That word suffering, the original language there is pothemi, which we get the word path from. It's actually a way of traveling and means that there are external dynamics. It's not something that's been caused from the inside, but it's because there are pressures from the outside as you move into a direction. And the interesting thing about this passage is for I consider the sufferings of this present time, the kairos, the season. Do you understand that the pressing and the unpleasant is but for a season as we move through it rather than sitting and just being? Because we often develop this thought that this suffering is doing a refining work. And the first thing that we often do when we begin to suffer, we begin to feel pain, we begin to feel these things, is we first say, God, where are you? And we kind of sit and wait for it to go away. (laughs) Winston Churchill, one of my great favorite quotations, says, hey, when you're going through hell, keep going. That is beautiful wisdom. But we often like, oh, just, I'm being refined by this. I'm being refined by this. Since when does love refine with that type of just constant barrage of pain? There's a struggle, yes, and it's not always comfortable, but we have to continue to move through it. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6, verses 6 through 10. Let the one who is taught the word share in all good things, but the one with the one who teaches, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. There's a sowing and there's a reaping. And there's a one season and another season. And a process and a planting and a growing and a fruiting. Are you with me this morning? And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. If you don't give up, if you don't stop, if you continue the process of struggling, and maybe you're here today and you're like, Christoph, I don't like that word struggle. I like the word overcoming. I like the word victory. Here's the problem with that, church. I don't know about you, but there isn't a victory in my life every single day. There isn't this thing where I'm like, I, there's, you know, there's not like a brave heart moment every single day in my life where you're like, freedom! There just isn't. It's more of like a, you know, I come home, oh, I come home. I love my house. I love my wife. I love my kids. And I come home, and I'm feeling all right. I have, you know, some of you who are frustrated with having a long drive, I have a three-minute commute. I live in the back of Season Straits. And that's great when you're on a time schedule. It's not great when you've had a long day and you need to kind of decompress. Hello? Are you with me? So all of a sudden you're like, you know, that hour commute's not bad because by the time I get home, I've decompressed. I've worked through all the craziness of the day, and I'm ready to enter the craziness of my family. I just run them all together. It's all crazy, and it's always all the time. And I walk in the door, and my wife's like, hey, how's your day? And I'm like... I know the answer to this question. Uh, it, was, it was good. She was like, what'd you do? And I'm like, I don't know what you mean by that question. I did a lot. I finished nothing. I started even more things. 
There were new things that I didn't see coming. I wanted to do this, but I didn't do any of that. I am really tired right now, and I feel bad. Does, any, does everybody feel bad? Because there wasn't a victory. There wasn't a, yeah! It was just like, Because it's not just about the, it's so much more about the notion of the struggle. Hey, don't give up. Turn with me to Galatians, or excuse me, 1 Timothy, we're in Galatians. Go to, go to 1 Timothy. Now we've got to put this in context. If, if you don't know your Bible very well, it's the T section of the Bible, Thessalonians, 1st, 2nd, Timothy, 1st, 2nd, there's a whole, if you didn't know that the Bible is in alphabetical order, it's not. But in this little passage it is. But in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and 11, you've got to have the context here that Paul isn't just speaking to anybody, he's speaking to Timothy. He's speaking to his son in the faith. He's speaking to the one, this guy that he believes in, that he led to Christ, that he's, that he's raising up, that he's given some opportunities to minister and preach and build the church. And so he's proud of Timothy. He's protective of Timothy. He cares about Timothy. And he says, he starts off like this, is, but as for you, O man of God, come on, he's just like building them up right from the beginning, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. He's, he's building them up and he's reminding them of where he's come from. He says, I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and of Christ Jesus who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach. Stay pure, Timothy. Stay by the stuff until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and the only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality and who dwells in unapproachable light whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Fight the good fight of faith. The struggle is real, church. And I'm not here to tell you the struggle is real because it's so dark out there. There's so much evil. Man, when I was a kid, it wasn't like this. And while that's true because social media has done a number on our culture, <laughs> along with so many other things, it's getting darker and darker. It's getting horrible and horrible, and it's just more and more evil, and it's this, that, and fine. And that might very well be true, but it doesn't change the glory of God. It doesn't change the sufficient grace of Jesus Christ. It doesn't remove the fresh mercy every single morning. It's like Subway bread. It always smells good. It's always there, and it sticks to you. Hello, somebody. Right? Like, you can't lie to your wife when you've been to Subway. Dunkin' Donuts ain't got no smell. Chipotle don't smell. But if you go to Subway, you better bring a change of clothes. Because everybody within a four-foot radius would be like, you, what? Did you get a roast turkey on Italian cheese? <laughs> Just like mercy, fresh baked every day. It's amazing that God offers that to us. 
And that mercies are fresh. They're new every morning. But there's a fight, church. If you don't know you're in a fight, you're in a fight. When you wake up every morning, like Wednesday, like not even Wednesday, Friday, Monday, like Sunday, Saturday, it doesn't matter. You wake up like, why am I so tired? Because you're struggling. Well, I'm not a struggler. I'm an overcomer. Okay. We get it. But you're struggling. Because you probably didn't have a moment. You don't always get that. And let me give you a little bit of a, just a, just a thing, okay? I know sometimes Tanya's like, hey, babe, how are you doing? I'm like, you know what? I started doing this years ago, actually. We were going through a rough season uh, in the church and at my job and in my family, which, by the way, are all one. Okay? So that all those things weren't like super, hey. And I would come home, and she's like, how are you doing? And I, 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 and I realized I was talking to one of these, uh, uh, Pastor Mark Essie. He's like, Chris, you just need a win, man. I'm like, yes, yes, I do need a win. I need to string together a couple wins. But I'm not in control of that. He's like, yeah, but you need to get a win. I'm like, Okay, you said that, now help a brother out. He's like, you've got to find something. You've got to find something to get a win. You know what I started doing? I started cleaning the bathrooms. All the wives are like, woo, get it. Uh-huh. Look, it's not for anybody else. It was purely selfish. Because I went into the bathroom that was nasty, and I was like, mm-hmm, this is all out of control. This is nasty. I don't understand why people don't know how to use this facility. And it's my house. You know, I'm like, ah, oh, gosh, out there, too. And I cleaned it. I cleaned it, and I took a step back, and I was like, look at that. That's done. Walk out. Ace is like, I've got to go to the bathroom. Like, no, you go outside. You go outside. We're going to keep this. But you know what? Honestly, honestly, when I walked away from that bathroom, and when I walk away from the bathroom, when I walk away from those things, and I'm like, that's done. That's clean. That's a win. You have no idea what that does for your soul. Because you don't get a win on a daily basis. You don't get a win sometimes even on a weekly basis. You're just like, oh. because it's not about winning. Yes, God is the overcomer. Yes, he draws us into that. And there will be moments. And in the long arc, we win, church. Here's the good news. The long arc of God, the long arc of grace is that you are a victor. You are an overcomer. But between then and now, there's a lot of this. And if we get really good at this, there'll be more of this. But all we want is this without this. And what I was going to do today is I was going to have this like really rousing like time of worship. We're going to pray and minister, but I'm going to be like, you know what? No. We're not going to do that. And so I'm done. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, that guy's a public speaker? He stinks. Go on, stand with me this morning. So in the context of this conversation we'll be having about don't move that, but very clear, like don't move the scriptures out of your life. Don't move Jesus out of your life. Don't move prayer. Don't move friends. Don't move confession out of your life. Keep that thing there. Keep that thing there. To be honest, as we talk about struggle, I'm not concerned that you're going to move struggle out of your life because if you're breathing, you're struggling. I'm not concerned you're going to move it because it's impossible to move struggle if you're a human, out of your life. But I would suggest we don't have to be alarmed by it. We don't have to allow that struggle to set off an alarm like something's wrong. We don't have to try and minimize 
the pain and discomfort of struggle. Furthermore, we can accept the struggle in its proper place of a life with Jesus, understanding that God is less inclined to just work things out than he is to be with us as we work it all out with him. The struggle is real. And as soon as we embrace it and stop fighting against it, man, God is so good. And so I want to leave you all with a benediction today. May we not be knocked off course by the circumstances of this life or this season. That moment which rattles us and causes us to be concerned or begin to question. May we press into the discomfort, giving effort to follow Jesus closer, growing ever more sure of God's sustainable presence, even in and perhaps because of the struggle. And may we remember that with Jesus, it only gets better. Have a wonderful Sunday. Go struggle. We'll see you next week.